0: hey everyone this is dr william clark your host of the dr william clark podcast glad to be with you for another episode and this is the podcast where all professionals come uh to this hub to learn to grow to build and to have an impact on the world we're happy to be with you for another episode i want to talk today about uh from passion to purpose setting up your nonprofit the right way and i want to cover a story uh, that was published um let's see back in uh, may 2023 about a well-known figure and just want to just talk about some of the uh, details of the story and to share some thoughts with you about what to consider when setting up your nonprofit. Now, as we get started uh, with this particular podcast, I want to uh, pause for a moment and recognize our sponsor of this podcast. And this podcast is brought to you by DrWilliamPClark.com. Again, that's drwilliampclark.com. This is the website that we've set up uh, to provide all types of resources for your nonprofit. Specifically, specifically, uh, we have launched our latest course, uh, Fundraising Basics for Nonprofits. And if you want to learn how to raise money for your organization, and if you're wanting uh, to position your organization to grow, uh financially we're going to encourage you to visit us at drwilliampclark.com register for our latest course fundraising basics for Nonprofits, and i look forward to seeing you uh, in that course now let's talk about um this uh story here that um i'm not sure if it's gotten the the recognition i don't know if it deserves it but the the person uh who's at the center of the story has had recognition over the past 12 months and the person is Damar Hamlin. Now, uh, if you have um not been aware of what happened to Damar Hamlin last season in the NFL, uh late um maybe mid late 2022, Damar Hamlin, a football player for the uh, Buffalo Bills, uh f- collapsed on the field and his heart stopped. This was um, to say the least, a dramatic moment. Um In sports history on live tv and uh essentially he had to be resuscitated i believe uh, if i remember the story correctly he had to be resuscitated uh, on the field and um you know uh, was uh eventually taken to the hospital and was there for some time um thank god by god's grace he recovered he's fully healthy again and uh i believe if, if i read recently he's back on the field so you know thank god for prayers and those that believe uh and that had well wishes for him and just glad to see him and i think he made a super bowl appearance on tv looked great and i was just glad to see him back on his feet after just going through uh, an an incredible experience that quite frankly um, you know it was tough to watch Um, but part of the story that was covered or a part of his story uh was the overwhelming support he received for his nonprofit organization. And uh, he already had it established prior to this incident happening to him. Uh, As you can imagine, during this crisis of a moment, uh, people wanted to support him in one way or another, right? He's an NFL player with resources. um, So, you know, some may assume, well, he didn't need money. You know that's a broad assumption but some people may have thought that but what people did do was they found his uh non-profit or foundation and started giving to that uh in droves and he was able to raise tons of money for his cause um now this story that i'm sharing is not about the non-profit and what it does i think that's separate however there uh, was a story Uh, that came out in May that talked about the structure of his nonprofit and how he needed to uh, set things up more appropriately. So I wanted to cover uh, that story. Now, the reason I wanted to cover this story is because, you know, uh, this story represents kind of the situation a lot of newbies find themselves in, where they are going through, in some cases, a very traumatic experience that has probably changed them forever. And they're now like thrust into this subject matter or topic around their nonprofit, and they are saying, I don't want anyone else to go through this. So people who lose a loved one, people who have lost a home, people who have gone through a very tough economic situation, they at times just launch a passion project and say, hey, I want to help other people who have gone through this. And um, so they launch a nonprofit, and they are driven by passion And um, they're trying to figure out now what to do in the form of a nonprofit. So in the case of Damar, he already had this. Uh, But in this story, just want to go through this really, really quickly. Um, This story from uh, philanthropy news digest.org talks about what happened to him on the field. And uh, to date, they say, according to this article, I don't have a byline. So we'll just give credit to, um, let's see here. Is there a byline? There may, There isn't a byline here, so it might just be a collage of stories brought to to the forefront. But uh, let's see. So to date, the article says $9.1 million has been raised through Hamlin's GoFundMe fundraiser page, nearly $1 million through the fundraiser portal on nonprofit giving back fund platform. In January, the AP reported that uh, the Hamlin family intended to give uh, GBF serve uh, to have GBF serve as a fiscal sponsor for the funds given to GoFundMe, although the funds have not been transferred. So, for those of you who are new to this, this term "fiscal sponsor" it's maybe maybe a term you've heard of, but a fiscal sponsor is an organization that already has taxes and status with the IRS on a federal level who is able to receive funds. And report back to donors that their funds are indeed tax deductible. So they, the donors, can report on their taxes that they gave uh, a tax deductible donation to an organization. So you hear this a lot, particularly when it comes to taxes where people want to give and they want the the tax letter. So for tax credit purposes, people do this with their churches and other organizations. So in this case, when you don't have your own uh, tax exempt status, you opt to partner with a fiscal sponsor until that status is established, or you don't have to, but you work with a fiscal sponsor who will then be able to give this notice to donors that their dollars are tax-exempt. According to Sportico, uh, recent uh, uh, reports of management compliance issues at GBF cast doubt on the tax-deductible status of donations to Hamlin's GoFundMe campaign, which prompted Hamlin to state, my charity is not connected to the challenges being faced by the leadership of GBF, um, donors will have full tax exempt uh, -exempt status. All right, so what this is saying is that GBF may have some challenges with their their current status, which may call into question their ability to give um, kind of uh, taxes and letters to donors. One of the things that I have been asked over the years by newbies is, well, what's a great place to get a tax, uh, a a fiscal sponsor since I'm new? Until we decide or determine to pursue a tax exempt status on our own, who should we partner with? Who should we go with? There, I mean, I I think you can find some basic best practices to look at, but what I tend to share is you definitely want to look at an organization that has standing or history in the community who has had their taxes and status for some time, an organization with good, strong leadership, including good fiscal management practices, an organization that is not interested in making um, tons of money off of managing your resources, they may charge an administrative fee, which is fair, because the, the management of resources on behalf of their organization and on behalf of your organization, uh, does indeed create, you know, a lot of work for the staff uh, doing that type of stuff. So you want to be thoughtful about the administrative fee. You don't want to pay anything crazy or or exorbitant. Uh, but you know, shop around and do a comparison. Um, and who does it in your community varies, right? There, there may be kind of this national um entity that may have a chapter in your city and i'm not inclined to kind of speculate of who they are what they might be but i think it's important to consider the the standards i just talked about as part of your evaluation and to do your research to to talk to others talk to respected foundations in your community uh talk to respected nonprofits in your community so there are community foundations all around. Just do a search in your community and uh, talk with them about who who do you recommend we look to for sp- fiscal sponsorship, right? Someone who's going to have the time and resources, meaning staff, to manage our incoming dollars, you know, log them properly, and distribute to us within a a fair uh, timeframe where we're not waiting, you know, a long time to get our dollars, even though we've been granted dollars or do- dollars been donated to us. So do your research. All right. In April, the article continues. The foundation incorporated in Pennsylvania 2020 applied for a retroactive taxes and status determination for the IRS, and recently refiled its articles of incorporation, which now include as part of its uh, mission support for the aspirations of youth community members through sports education and to promote health and safety in sports through CPR and AED training. Now I th- I'm not sure. If this is uh, talking about the Giving Back Fund or DeMar's foundation, so this is not clear about who they are referring to, right? But I think what's important for you to think about is when you're not taking care of your tax status and you're not keeping up with IRS obligations for your foundation or your nonprofit, you will find yourself in a situation where you have to either – Reconstitute the organization, refile articles of corporation, reapply for tax exempt status and go through the retroactive tax exempt uh, status process so that others who have given to your organization can get credit for on their taxes, which is it just creates a whole lot of work. Right. And so one of the things I want to remind you, I want to remind you of this, and this is something that we say a lot in this podcast, that running a nonprofit, you are running a business. This is not a charity that people like to say. This is that charity, you know, kind of gives off this negative tone that this is something we're just giving stuff away. That may be a part of the mission, but here, here's something you got to understand: if you're launching for the first time, if you're entering the nonprofit space, if you are evolving, uh, going from uh, frontline staff to middle management, middle management to senior leadership, you're joining a board. Regardless of the role you're playing, in a, this is critical for you to understand: you're running a business. The only thing that differentiates a nonprofit from a for-profit is who keeps the money or the profit at the end of the fiscal year. And who keeps the money in a nonprofit? Nobody, because a nonprofit is owned by no one. The money goes back to the nonprofit, hence no profit, paid out to no stakeholders, no investors, no no, um, stockholders, There's no profit to distribute. It goes back to the organization, back to operations, back to uh, functioning as you were constituted and your mission. how your mission guides. That's the only difference. But it is still a business, and you still got to run it like an effective business. So regardless of who this article is pointing back to in terms of who had to refile, this is just a lesson and a reminder for all of us to make sure we're managing our business properly. The article concludes, while only 11% of filers are likely to claim a tax deduction on their contribution, and I'm assuming to GBF or whoever, uh, Lisa DePly Neriati, hopefully I said the name correctly, director of sports management programs at George Washington University School of Business, told the AP, the Associated Press, the public needs to be educated a little bit more on checking whenever they give money and if they really think what they're giving is tax deductible, right? She's right. So make sure right? we have these cases on GoFundMe or uh, or traditional nonprofits where we're giving to support someone. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. We want the general public to be a part of what we do. But the public needs to be aware of the giving status or the ability of the status of the organization who's receiving the money as a leader of a nonprofit, as a nonprofit entrepreneur, as a person launching a nonprofit, one leading part of the administration. Part of leading your organization is making sure you have the structure in place that continues to put your organization in the right light and that communicates to donors, whether they're corporate donors, foundation, private donors, or individual donors, families, uh, partners, etc., that you are in good standing on a local, state, and federal level because people, they, they want to move the work forward. They want to see the work become awesome they want to see people's lives change they want to see changes made in the marketplace the last thing they want to wrestle with are administrative snafus and that's on that the, the head of the leader the board who is also overseeing overseeing leadership right it's important for them to make sure that that is in place she added that uh, lisa added that uh, gofundme also needs to distinguish more clearly between fundraisers that are set up by taxes and organizations and those that are not it's interesting like i i have i think that's an interesting statement to make um i don't know if gofundme has made that distinguished distinguished uh line of delineation since this article came out um but it is something to think about but i i think the bigger lesson for all of us as leaders is to make sure we set up our organizations correctly so that people who are trusting us with their dollars and investment can have faith in the fact that we are managing resources well. This is why in my course, Fundraising Basis for Nonprofits, we talk about the psychology and infrastructure of raising money, which is part of it, right? But what gets people to invest in you, whether they're individuals, families, uh, foundations, corporations, sponsors, partners, et cetera, is this trustworthy track record you're, you're showing that says we've we've performed well. This is why new organizations need to prove that they are in it for the long haul, that they're able to do the work, they're able to manage resources, and why you're not going to compete for serious money because you need to prove as the good book says, "You're faithful over a few things, then we can trust you with greater, right? Prove that you can manage donations from your board. Prove that you can manage donations from a, a community foundation when they've they've only given you a thousand dollars or twenty five hundred. Prove that you can manage. You know, the fundraiser that you are putting forward. Prove that you can be a worthy partner. Prove that you can serve five families, five individuals before you start saying we want to serve everybody. That That's just not realistic, right? Prove that you can do a little and then over time, trust will build and people will realize you can be trusted with much, much more. Listen, I want to Encourage you to take my course fundraising basis for nonprofits where we talk about these things and more. And I think you're going to uh, learn a lot and you're going to put yourself in a position to kind of grow and to build. Uh, go visit us at drwilliampclark.com again, drwilliampclark.com and register for that course. I want to see you there. I want to see you set up your organization the right way. I want to see you uh position your organization the right way. I want to see you share the great story of your nonprofit, the right way and raise money effectively. This is the Dr. William Clark podcast. We'll see you guys next time. See everybody.